I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. For this fight. I only trained probably two weeks or three weeks for this fight. I had to bury my best friend and I dedicated this fight. I wasn't going to fight. I dedicated this fight to him. I was going to rip his heart out. I'm the best ever. I'm the most brutal and vicious and most ruthless champion there's ever been. There's no one could stop me. Lynx is a conqueror. No, I'm Alexander. He's no Alexander. I'm the best ever. There's never been anybody ruthless. I'm Sonny Lipton. I'm Jack Dempsey. There's no one like me. I'm from their club. There's no one that can match me. My style is impetuous. My defense is impregnable. And I'm just ferocious. I want your heart. I want to eat his children. Praise be to Allah. Hello and welcome to another episode of Ringside Fracas. I'm your host Naeem and today I'm joined by Jide and Chris. Jide, how are you bro? I'm good brother, how are you? Been good, been had a you know, good couple of fights to, look, um, to watch over the weekend, so pretty good. Uh, and Chris, how are you bro? I'm blessed man, I'm cool, I'm sure. That's good bro. Um, yeah, over the past uh, weekend we've had, we've had a lot of fights to kind of go through and discuss. Um, one being one of the biggest, probably the faces of boxing. So let's get straight into it. Obviously, Canelo um, comes back after beating John Ryder in May to face Jamel Charlo. When the fight first got announced, all of us couldn't believe it. Was it a spelling mistake? Did something? Did someone mess it up? Why is the smaller brother going up um, two weight classes to fight um, Canelo? But then afterwards, when we realized it was the smaller Charlo, people got happy. Undisputed versus undisputed. You know what? Fair enough. That's a better opponent than John Ryder and Golovkin 3. But as the fight came and the fight happened, it didn't live up to the expectation that some people had, or a lot of people had. In fact, some would say Jamal Charlo stepped up, dared to be great, and well, he didn't even try to dare. He didn't even try to even dare. It, it was a really tame performance. I, I, the reason why I'm starting like this is because I'm I'm annoyed. I, I I stayed up for that fight as I normally do for most fights. Like, and you know what? We had some good fights on the undercard. You had uh, Ugas was Barrios. I thought that guy, that fight was really good. And then the Ramos Lubin was kind of yeah, it was okay. It didn't it, it was not a great fight. It didn't live up to the expectations. 
I was like, finally, Canelo Charlo, we get to see something. We get to see finally Canelo in a fight where I think he wouldn't lose. And we, we discussed this last week. I didn't think he was going to lose, but he at least would have got tested a bit. And we would have seen how much he declined. It was nothing like that. We didn't get to see if Canelo had any form of decline or anything or him even get tested. Like I said, very tame performance, but we'll get, we'll, I'll get onto that a bit more. Jide, what were your thoughts about the performance from the fights, from both fighters? Um, so it went the way I expected. I expected Canelo to win and to be a comfortable win, but I didn't expect Charlo to be so pathetic in there. Awful. That was a disgraceful performance. That was akin to when, um, what's his name? Jermaine Taylor fought Carl Froch and he just basically mm -hmm. the whole fight, did not even try to engage. It was similar to that. It was so bad. Like, it was trying to circle. It's like, he's a boxer puncher, but it was trying to become a pure boxer. It was, it's like, it didn't have good footwork. It's like, I was looking at Joe Joyce and I was thinking, what the hell am I, what, what is actually going on here? He will be circling to his left. Then will circus his right to avoid Canelo's right hand then the left hook. It's like the fight, it, at not one point did he try to take center of the ring and push Canelo back. It's like the first round, they both did nothing. They were, it was a, they were looking at each other. And I feel like near the end of the round, when Canelo w went forward and saw that Charlo wasn't doing anything, he's like, yeah, fuck it, I've got you. Clicked. And every single round, he battered him. And I'll, it's not battering as he like it was landing bare punches. This is because obviously Charlo was being super negative, but he basically bullied him. It's like man versus a child in there. Yeah. Charlo was petrified of Canelo. And when he did get knocked down, the way it was a delayed reaction from the temple shot. That is I'm not saying he quit, but it's like that was him saying, uh, I'm I'm done here. I'm not I've got my that was quitting without actually quitting. Yeah, yeah. I feel like an, in another time, he might have just been like, pull me out of the seventh round. I've got my money. I'm getting out of here. This man, remember, this man was calling out Canelo for about three, four years. Yeah. You had his acolytes, the PBC acolytes, mm -hmm. around saying that he's scared of slick black fighters and he can't fight a certain style since Floyd is not, he's avoided a certain type of fighter. Although he beat the crap out of um, Daniel Jacobs. Um, but... That's that's besides the point. So now you've had your, you have your opportunity. Yes, Canelo is a big man. He's been fighting at one sixty eight, but you have the frame. You're bigger than him. You're 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 taller than him, ranger than him. Why didn't you use any of your attributes in that fight? I I wanted him to try to fight Canelo so he could get knocked out, but obviously it's easier said. It's easier for me to say that let a man go get knocked out. But the way this guy talks lions in the camp. Not lions in the cup, sorry, but he's a lion. He's <laughs> got, got got the lions mixed up. Everyone's calling themselves lions these days. But yeah, yeah he, how he calls himself a lion. Um, he's got heart. He's a dog. No quitting him. He'll beat the crap out of Canelo, him and his brother. And then to go and put that performance is just a disgrace. I I can't like I have no. I don't want to watch Jamal Charlo anymore. I I have no. I don't want to watch his next fight anymore. Like yeah. let's say he went in there and fought a good fight against Canelo. Yeah, I would want I would have seen I would I would I wouldn't mind a Crawford fight. I would have been like, oh, I just 
bit off more than he can chew, come back down, fight fight um um Crawford. We've seen Canelo fight Bivol, bit off more than he can chew, came back down, defended his own speed. It's fine. Like, fighters lose. I wouldn't have minded that, but the way he fought, I don't even want to see that anymore. I'll, obviously, if it happens, I'll watch it, but it's like that fight could have been such a big fight, but now it's just it's like yeah so it's it's i don't know man i'm like i wanted to i wish i could come in and talk smack but i can't there's nothing there's no smack to talk that that performance was all the smack talk i can say it was so bad like i can't even give you the technical i don't even want to break it down technically because we the same pattern happened throughout the from round one to round 12. it was just charlo being negative so yeah that's, that's what i gotta say for that fight um, don't worry, I got a lot of smack talk for Charlo after this. Um, Chris, what's your take on the whole fight? Hmm. Before I get on to Charlo, yeah, I just want to say a big shout out to Trainer of the Year. <laughs> <laughs> I knew you were going to bring it up. <laughs> to Trainer of the Year, Derek James, Trainer <laughs> of the Year. Um, another shocking performance on the books, man. Um, I don't know what he's telling these guys to do in training. I don't know what he's got them doing. Um, yeah, Charlo just did not have the answers. Um, I felt it was weird from when his whole persona changed from the from the pressers. So we know that Jamel is always angry. He's just an angry dude. He's just a hateful dude. And um, we see that in all of his fights, pretty much, to an extent. We see that angle, we see that venom. You can see it, like, he struggles to get to get his words out. You can hear when he talks about people like Terence Crawford, like, you can hear the anger and the venom in his voice. Everything about Canelo, just tame. Um, the fight was, was lost way before they got into the ring. Um, I think the first face-off they did, where they were, they were wearing clothes, I thought, do you know what? Charlo looks extremely, like, he looks considerably larger than Canelo. Yeah. I don't know whether it was just the shoes or whatnot. And I remember thinking, just based on his height and his natural weight, he might have a shot. I didn't think he'd win, but I thought he might have a shot of, you know, maybe yeah. getting a split decision um, victory. But then as soon as I saw the final weigh-ins and I saw them face face off, head to head, and you could just see there was no confidence in Charlo's mind. There was no confidence. Um he went in there, he put on he put on a, a pathetic performance, um, didn't even try, spent the entire 12 rounds trying to survive. Um I saw nothing from him that makes me um excited to want to watch him again. He, he had a couple a couple shots here and there, a couple decent hooks. Um, started throwing jabs a little bit later into the fight. But for the most part, he did nothing. And it wasn't like Canelo was was um, blitzing him with, you know, loads of shots. He was picking hard shots, heavy shots, landing, landing everywhere on Charlo. And he was walking him down. Charlo had no guile to him, no finesse. Um, just panic mode, survival mode at each and every turn. 
And um, I think the most embarrassing thing for me was hearing Derek James saying, push him back. You're losing this fight. Push him back. And I was like, at this point of your training, yeah, you're, you're, you're in round 10 and you're trying to get Jamel to push him back, seeing what we've all just seen. Like where I don't I don't get it. What where's your coaching? You're not telling him how to move, you're not telling him what punches to throw, just pushing back. And I was just thinking, nah man, this guy's lost. But that could have all been forgiven, right? For me, if he was pissed at losing. If he was pissed off at losing that fight, maybe I would have given him the benefit of the doubt. Canelo, as we know, is an all time great, great fighter, pound for pound fighter. Um, after the fight in the presses, he's talking about he needs to be in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. About we need to give him his accolades. We need to give him his respect. He went in there with a dog. Um, and he's trying to get clout off a loss. Like, it's embarrassing. It's embarrassing. And it just goes to show where his mind is at. Fighters fight for money, but, like, have some pride, man. Like, have a little bit of pride. It's disrespectful to, to fans of the sport for me. And um, it's ruined so many things. I don't care to see Crawford versus Charlo anymore. Um, I don't want to see Jamal versus Canelo anymore. Um, to be honest, I don't want to see Jamal at all. I'll be honest with you. I don't really want to see him fight. Um, it just, for me, it's, it's, put, it's dampened his image so badly that I've lost a lot of interest in him as a fighter. Yeah. Yeah. Jamal Charles is the only person I know that can somehow go into a win-win situation and still somehow turn it into a loss. Like, everyone was giving you credit when the fight was announced. Like, wow, you're stepping up when your brother didn't. You're moving up two weight classes, taking on the guy that's probably one of the best boxers of our generation. Even if he lost that fight and got battered and knocked out like Billy Joe Saunders or... Mm people would have given him his respect you turned you turned up and you you tried you tried but whatever he didn't try it that was the thing he keeps saying lions only he's not lying man he's a he's a domesticated tabby cat he ain't, he's not a lion man that, that 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 you just rolled over let the dog play with you and then pretend you were dead so he, he wouldn't do anything further to you like it was like you said tame and then this whole rubbish about like you said in the press conference when he's like asking for his respect hall of fame i was one of the guys when jamal became undisputed i said you have to rate him in your top 10 pound for pound because he is probably he still is he's probably one of the best ever light middleweights ever like he's probably one of the best light middleweights ever in terms of what he's done at that weight division who he's come through and who he's beat you look at his resume there it, it ranks up there with all-time greats in terms of at light middleweight hmm. But after that performance, I can't rate you. I can't back that. Like, you don't deserve to be in the pound-for-pound pound list after losing that. Canelo, fair enough, he went from number one to number five after losing to Bivol. That's fair. That makes sense. You lose to a guy, it proves that you're not really pound-for-pound. Pound, but you're still up there because you're accolades. But Canelo, at least in the Bivol fight, he lost and he was outclassed. But he was trying to win. He was doing everything he could to win. This was like, it's such a tame performance. He did nothing to win. It doesn't deserve to be in the pound-for-pound pound performances because you know so many other fighters who would have fought Canelo and done everything they can to beat him. Yeah. This reminds me of 
when Canelo fought Callum Smith. I was like, yeah, it's a great fight, Canelo, Callum Smith. Like, Because everyone was saying back then, like before the fight was made, when Canelo was that super middleweight, everyone was saying Callum Smith's going to be the problem for Canelo because of his big left hip counters or whatever. So everyone was hyped for that fight. And then Callum Smith put in the performance that he did. And everyone was disappointed because Callum just decided to tuck up and survive. And that was the moral victory for him. And you guys know how much I've been getting on recently about that um, Batabia fight that this your reputation carries. And that I think it doesn't matter what he's done at light heavyweight, when he fights Batabia, when the punches start flying and he realizes the power is real. He realizes the pressure is real, the pace is real, the boxing skills is real. He'll 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 tuck up. He'll try. For him, the moral victory will be all oh, better. Be of look, he stopped everyone else, but he didn't stop me. And that's what it seemed like for Charlo. Is I like, look, he's he beat up all these other guys. Mm. He dropped them, stopped them, whatever. He didn't do it to me. I went up two weight class. He didn't. Embarrassing, man. But how can Kel Brook and Amir Khan, when they went up two weight classes, have they got knocked out brutally? Yeah, cool. But they had more heart and I have more respect for their performances that they did against Canelo and Triple G than what Charlo did. Like, those guys didn't need to take that fight, but they took it. And then when they did, they stepped up and they tried to win. Look, mm. Khan was winning most of the... I think Khan was probably up on the scorecards or at least made, it was even. Or I think it was about... Maybe a round up even. Yeah, yeah. He was like, he was making that fight competitive. Even Brooke in the first round just went, screw it, I'm taking it straight to Triple G. Mm. Again, you could argue that it wasn't great for their careers to take that fight, but at least they tried. Mm. Which Charlo is, if you didn't try, and like you said, what's, if you didn't try, you're a fighter and you're not going to try. What's the point of a fan? Why am I going to keep watching you? Yeah, like You're not going to try in the biggest, this is the biggest fight of your career. There's not going to be any single fight from this point on that's going to be bigger in his career than this Canelo fight. And he didn't even try. That's what I don't understand. You've got to the pinnacle of your career, the Canelo fight. Like every boxer dreams to fight the best, not only the best in the world, but also the guy that brings in the most money. Whenever you start boxing, whoever is around your weights that you know bring in the most money and they're the best guy, you want to fight them because that's the pinnacle of your career. Mm. And you did nothing. Like you, you didn't try to even win. It wasn't like you got battered and bruised and beat up and he was just better. It was. Did you see his face after the fight? Sorry? Did you see his face after the fight? Yeah, there's nothing on it. He looked less marked up than Canelo. Yeah. It's just embarrassing because, like you said, he's ruined so many fights now yeah. for himself. Yeah. At the start of the year, I was excited for Mel versus uh, for him versus Sue because I thought Tim Zhu, he's done his thing, he's earned his right to fight um, for the titles. Um, I thought, you know what, Crawford, you know, when Crawford beat Spence and he was looking at Charlo afterwards, I was like, Crawford, Charlo, that's a brilliant fight. I want to see that because that would be insane to see Crawford step up to a third weight class and become three-weight undisputed if he, if he wins. I don't want to see that now because I think Crawford batters him. I think Crawford, even Crawford said he's not on my hit list. Why would a guy like that, who at the big, at, in the biggest fight of his career, decide I'm not going to turn up, I'm not going to try to even win the fight and is content with just being there. Or he was happy, he was just happy to be there why should I fight a guy like that? And then, like yeah. you said, Jamal Charlo Canelo. Jamal's worse, technically, in my opinion, than Jamal. But he hits harder than Jamal, in my opinion. But he look at him. He hasn't been fighting for two years. He's going to come yeah. back against Jose Benavidez Jr. That guy's a welterweight. Crawford, yeah, exactly. So that tells me nothing if he beats him. He even lost to Danny Garcia. He's getting this, this Charlo fight off of two losses and a draw. So that tells me nothing. And I'm not excited for that. I don't want to see if one Charlo turns up and Jamal's funny. Jamal's funny though. How's this guy 
like trying to squash the beef before the fight, but then during the fight, he's smiling in the eleventh round and taking pictures of Crawford. Mm-hmm. That guy is the biggest snake. Like how, I don't know how they're twins, man. Makes no sense. He proper snaked out his brother. Are you taking pictures with with Crawford and smiling in the eleventh round? And your brother's getting beaten up. But they don't care, man. But their brand is finished because. It, what, uh, I forgot which fight it was, but backstage, Caleb Plant slapped uh, Mar Charlo and he did nothing about it. And then now Jamal Charlo, he's, he got slapped up by Canelo, didn't do anything about it. That was at the Crawford fight, no? I think so. It was one, yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah, it must have been that fight. It was one of the big pay-per-view fights. They got yeah. slapped backstage and he did nothing about it. And he's not yeah. going to fight Plant. That's the thing. I think Jamal as well, you're going to get that sense of Jamal's going to follow the footprints of uh, Jamal where... Let me beat Jose Benavidez Jr., get this Canelo mm. fight, turn up for a payday, then I can do whatever I want. Even at the press conference when they asked Jamel, what about the idea of going for Undisputed again with Sue? Because obviously when Jamel entered the ring, they stripped him of the WBO um, title right then because obviously he didn't defend his belt. So they were saying, okay, well, go for Undisputed again against the, you know, the Sue Mendoza winner because obviously Sue Mendoza is this in October next week. No, shut it down. It's like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and then, like you said, just goes on about something else, about um, giving his respect and Hall of Fame. That, that, to me, it looks like he's achieved all he wanted when he beat Brian Castaño to become undisputed. Now he's at that phase. Of, unless you give me 10 million or something like that, I don't really care about boxing like that. Like, he, he well, just looks... Yeah, exactly. So now there's no... He, he's a sellout. There's no point fighting him. There's no point. Yeah. There's nothing to gain from fighting someone who is behaving like they don't really want to be there. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, even Tim Zhu, he's going to look, because before he looked at us, that's the king of the division. I want to take him out so then I can be called king. He mm. might look at him and go, what's the point of fighting? If I beat him, no one's going to give me credit. They're going to be like, well, mm. Charles finished now. Or you yeah, know, this yeah. has washed or whatever. Yeah. Like, it, it's insane how he made such a good situation for himself so embarrassing. I, I, you, It really is self-sabotage. Mm. Like, and on your point about Derek James, looking techie for him. <laughs> I mean, trailer of the year. Bro, both performances, and this happens, fair enough. In boxing, you're going to have your fighters come against. Let's be real. The fighters that they fought were all time greats. Canelo and uh, Crawford, they're all time greats. We're going to compare in the next couple of years, we're going to compare them across eras. But the fact that Spence, who you still respect because he gave everything he did. Yeah, got, yeah battered for nine rounds and then charlo didn't even win a single run yeah like those two performances not looking good but that's what happens when you're training the year i feel is same thing happened with canelo's trainers where you become trainer the year you kind of buy into your own hype and you take on all these stars and then it kind of your your attention is a bit divided you're Mm. not really um focused on everyone the way you were focused yeah. although he, he's, he does seem like a sharp guy like he always seems like he's grounded the way he speaks and everything but um i don't know about that <laughs> you know what? I, i've got too many issues with him man even I, I, you know what drop pisses me off about him as well uh, it's the way he acts like he acts like he's better than a lot of trainers because why are you gloating that you don't watch boxing you're yeah. a trainer yeah. you're a boxing trainer how can you be gloating about the fact that oh yeah, I don't watch a lot of boxing? Yeah, facts. You, you you've taken on a fighter, Anthony Joshua, one of the biggest fighters, biggest names in, in the sport of boxing. You're telling me you didn't really watch him fight, you watched the Usyk fight, and that's about it. Yeah. 
How does that make any sense? It doesn't make any sense. Like, and, and you're, you're flexing it like it's something to be proud of. And then you go and put on performances like Spence against Crawford, like Joshua, like Charlo. Yeah. Who knows? Jamal's lucky he's fighting someone who's destined to lose. Because otherwise, I'd be I'd be having questions about that performance as well. We'll see what happens. Jamal, Jamal's not with them. Oh, Jamal's not Jamal's not with him. Jamal's not yeah. with him. With Ronnie Shields. Who 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 else has he got at the moment? He's got Pingy at the end of the year. Sorry, Garcia. Garcia's and, fighting in um, December, isn't he? And he's got Frank Martin. Who ducked? Is Frank Martin going out? This year, he's not fighting. Well, he was meant to fight, isn't it? But then that didn't happen. Yeah, yeah, he's not. He's not fighting again this year. So we'll see how Garcia looks. We'll see if he looks much improved. Um, I think obviously, like most people do, Garcia's gone there for the clout. Yeah, yeah, is what it is. Um, I don't know. He should have stayed and just worked harder, in my opinion. But we'll, we'll see, man. I don't believe. I don't believe in in Derek James, man. I'm sorry. I'm not a fan. Hey, not no, all, all boxing trainers have a bit of stupidity around them. I mean, one of them carried a bloody gun into an airport, so yeah, it's, it's just like, moronic. It's moronic. But with Derek, I th- I was disappointed with what I saw from his corner advice because, like you said, he wasn't giving technical advice. He was mm. he was basically just becoming David Goggins, just giving him motivation and trying to get. Yeah. Him like yeah, I was just like like tell him something at least. Like fair enough. Um, he, he needs motivation and he needs to try, but also tell him something to do. But also be pissed at him. Yeah. Like, they, 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 they never see, there was a, the, what he was saying seemed urgent, but he never at one point told him, if you're not going to do something, gonna, he should have told him, if you're not going to do something, I'll pull I'm you gonna out. I'm going to pull you out. Yeah. yeah. But he never did that. And then he, like, even him at some point, I felt like he knew Jamel was never going to switch on and he just accepted that. Maybe he's just in it for the money too. Maybe. That that camp, there's a lot of eyes on them, and rightly so, there should be because there's a lot of fighters with in big fights. But I wonder how um uh and uh, how AJ and Ryan Garcia will kind of look at that camp now. Now that they've joined, and since then, it's been two big big losses. I I'm starting to think maybe because after seeing that last AJ performance against Hellenius, I really don't know what Derek James offers to AJ I don't think AJ has ever been a terrible boxer I don't think he's ever been a terrible boxer but he's had deficiencies like all fighters do and he's dealing with confidence issues I feel like AJ needs the right personal coach for him to gel with I thought that could be Derek James before I'm starting to have my doubts um, but it's a matter of time. We'll see. We'll see what happens with AJ. AJ's career, in a sense, is very lucky because he's one fight from being, you know, like top top of the pile. Yeah. And he's one. He's, so he's one win from being top of the pile, and he's one loss from being written off completely. So yeah. He's at, he's right at this moment in time. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. 
That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Yeah, and it's interesting, like you said, with Ryan Garcia, he's fighting in December. Mm-hmm. Against us, so, so he's, he's moving up to 140 against Oscar Duarte. And I looked that guy up. Guy's got 21 knockouts in 26 uh, wins. Like, he, how many he losses? One. Oof. But he's one of the like I think he's Mexican. So, but that guy can punch, and we know that Ryan's one of his weaknesses is that he lets his chin up in the air and he gets hit a lot. That could spell a lot of trouble, especially because. It's noted a lot of the times with Derek James when he takes on a new fighter, their first fight is considerably just working out the kinks. It's the second fight that they kind of accelerate in. Mm. Also, be interesting to see how that um, turns out. But what's next for either fighter? For Canelo, I think there's no other option other than David Benavidez. Obviously, mm. Benavidez is going to fight Andrade in, um, in yeah. November on a pay per view. Yeah. yeah, it has to be the winner of that. Hundred percent. There can't be anyone else. Like at at super middleweight, there's no one after that plant fight. There's no one that you can argue that deserves it more than David Benavides, and it makes sense to do that on Cinco de Mayo because both are Mexican. Just makes sense. That fight makes sense. But I I know a lot of times when you when you say oh Canelo has someone, there's there's someone that could trouble Canelo, and then they turn up. It doesn't look like that. This time, Benavidez could really trouble Canelo. 100%. He's got that style for it. It's got what the size. Need... Yeah, exactly. It's what we need to see because Canelo's proven his legacy already. Like mm-hmm. He could retire tomorrow and he would be an all-time great, all-famer, whatever. But this fight is just, that's one guy at super middleweight who's, who's really gone out of his way to beat everyone else. Look, he's beaten, if he beats Plant and Andre this year, that's a great year. Beating those two, having those two wins on your record, is is a great year. Uh, uh, people aren't giving aren't giving Benavidez a chance. Some people aren't giving Benavidez a chance because they saw the Plant fight. I thought he could have stopped Plant, but he was unfortunate because of the referee. When I was watching that fight, I was very pissed off with the way the referee kept intervening to allow Plant to either break or to grab, and he wasn't yeah. giving his space to work on the inside. But when Benavidez works on the inside, he works. And his work rate as the rounds go by is insane. He's a guy that's going to end up going to light heavyweight at some point because he's huge. Yeah. yeah. That fight has to be next. For sure. It man. It will be. It will be. There's nothing else out there. And I guess Benavidez waiting for him works out for him at the end of the day. But I think, I think that's the next fight to make. But I just feel like Canelo needs to get his props. Like You have haters like Teddy Atlas chatting shit before the fight how uh, he sees Canelo winning by controversial decision. He's overrated. Next thing you know, Canelo beats the crap out of Charlo. He's coming out and saying, uh, making excuses for why Canelo Canelo won and trying to take credit away from him. Like, I don't know, Teddy Atlas has had a lot of bozo statements recently, like him calling um, Joe Joyce the next George Foreman and shit like that. So can't take some of these, these opinions seriously. But I feel like there's just... There's just a concerted effort of people to take credit away from Canelo. It's like they can't accept that this guy is one of the greatest fighters ever. Forget this generation. He's he's the only fighter 
that's fighting right now that I can compare to the past, as in how they fight, their schedule, the, the level of competition and everything. None of these guys right now, I can say, I can, I can say, okay, looking back, I can make a cross-generational comparison. The guys fought 64 fights. Nobody, yes. done, nobody has done that. And if you look at the last 10 or 15 fights, that's a complete ringer of all the fame fighters of top, top guys. So people need to give Canelo his credit. When he fights Benavidez and if he beats Benavidez, if I was him, I'd probably retire. He probably wouldn't and I can't tell him not to. But in my opinion, if he beats Benavidez, there's nothing, there's genuinely nothing out there for him. Yeah. Unless he goes... Unless, huh? Other than the Bivol rematch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was, gonna, I was just about to say that. Yeah. So unless he, unless he wants to do the Bivol rematch, which again, I don't think he can win. I just think that's just bad style matchup, size... There's nothing that Canelo has no advantages in that fight apart from power, but he can't even land that. It's just a fight I just don't see him. There's just no point. That's that's his apex. That's his limit. But it's fine because the guy started at um, one forty seven. The guy is five foot eight. Yeah, he's, he's thick, but pause. But <laughs> he's not. He's not a natural light heavyweight. It's okay. Like you, you, you've been a great middleweight, a great super middleweight. It's okay to just stay in that division and just, just play it out to you, to you retire. And it's like you have guys like Floyd who's mad insecure on what Canelo is achieving. That he keeps coming and telling everyone he's the greatest. Like the Floyd fans, I need them to realize whenever a man is out here constantly saying, "I'm the greatest," "I am the greatest," "I am the greatest," that shows that he probably isn't. It's like no one, if anyone has to, if if you have to say yourself, like Michael Jordan, Michael Jordan, I have never seen Michael Jordan come out and say I'm the best basketball player of all time. Everyone else does it for him. I have never seen Lionel Messi come out and say I'm the best footballer of all time. Or Maradona or Pet. Like, I don't see these guys say it. Everyone else does it for them. But if you're out here, Every single time you're meant to be promoting your your new fighters, or every time Canelo's fighting, who because you beat, you feel like you're entitled to, to to just shit on. Every time these guys fight, you're coming out and telling us you're the greatest because you're not getting attention anymore. You're probably not the greatest. You're probably not the greatest. And all this talk about oh, who sold the biggest gate that has nothing to do with being the best fighter ever. So I feel like the. And he's he's part of that that group that I classify as like these weirdos who just for whatever reason just want to take credit away from certain fighters, especially Canelo. And it just makes no sense. You we need to enjoy what Canelo has done. We need to enjoy what he's doing because once he's gone, like when Pacquiao left, it was, we had a Canelo. Okay, this guy is ready to fight anyone. Who is there? Who's who's there? Like obviously the little ways you have. In a way, trying to run through people, respect that. But you can't point to guys who are at the top of the game who's ready to fight everyone consistently. And I'm not talking about our oh, um, fight a, a good fighter, oh, take a break. I mean, like they're running, they're going for a ringer, they're ready to just, you don't see it. Especially guys with power, they don't normally tend to want to fight the best guys back to back. But Canelo is doing it. That's why we need to really, really appreciate this guy because he's going to be gone soon. And when he's gone, our sport is going to be back in the, in the lurches. So, yeah. Yeah. No, you're right. Completely right. And that Benavidez win would 
arguably propel him up the pound for pound rankings. Um, but yeah, he, that that's the fight next for Canelo. With Charlo, do we care what his next fight is? I don't give a fuck. Yeah, I couldn't care less. You know, I thought we were going to talk about something like Sue, whatever, but I don't care now. That's after this, I don't, I don't really care about what he does next. Um, sticking to this week, we saw Jaya Pattaya make his UK debut, um, stopping Jordan Thompson in the fourth round in what was probably a, you could call a one sided battering. Um, as it gets, I mean, he just completely cooked Thompson, beat him up. I thought Tony Sims was very stupid letting uh Jordan Thompson come out again for the fourth round. I thought you look at that third round, and how he got battered, it doesn't matter who's in there, you can tell that the levels are, are quite there's a gap between them and that Jordan Thompson, he's only a guy that's had 15 pro fights, little amateur experience. I don't think he's had any amateur fights. He's had white collar fights before this. You can, and he's going in there with a guy who's a very well decorated amateur. And he's got many um, pro fights that are on higher levels than Jordan will ever probably reach. And I don't mean to be disrespectful, but I just don't look at Jordan Thompson as a guy that could probably win a world title. No. You have to, as a, as a fight, as a coach, look at him and protect him. And they let him out and get, and he just got battered. It was mm. poor matchmaking, but at the same time, I kind of give sympathy to Eddie Hearn because they wanted Masternek, guy pulled out during the purse bids. They wanted Riakpo, pulled out during the purse bids. So then they got Breedis because he's next in the rankings for the rematch, but obviously Breedis is injured. So they allowed him to have a voluntary, which is Jordan Thompson, and now we're going to go into the Breedis rematch probably um soon so i can but it was just a mismatch from the start and but jaya pataya did what he needed to do and he he kind of burst onto this uk scene because now people are taking note and they realize why he's the number one for me he kind of proved he's number one because he when he beat uh breedis and the way he beat breedis and what a fight that was he got his jaw broken in two places and he still went on to win that fight against maris breedis and breedis was the number one guy at cruiserweight he was the guy i was saying if Lawrence okoli fought him when they both had titles, Lawrence Okoli would lose. But Jaya Bataille is now that guy. And he, he showed on Saturday night why he's the man at Cruiserweight. And genuinely, I believed this before, but I believe it even more now. He beats any Cruiserweight champion there is. Chris Billum-Smith, I've always said, he's probably one of the weakest world champions we've had. He's not good. His skills aren't great. That night for him against Okoli was perfect because he knows Okoli. So he could perform better in that and make Okoli perform worse. Um, he beats Okoli. He beats um, look. He beat. He look at what he did to Jordan Thompson, who's six six. You don't think he would do that to six five Lawrence Okoli, who doesn't know how to clinch or tuck up on the inside? Um, he'll, who else is there? Gula Mirian. That guy doesn't do anything, man. He'll beat him as well. React Paul. He'll probably beat him as well. He, he, he Eddie. Boxer was swooping the uh, cruiserweight division with all the names that they signed. Eddie swooping and took the number one guy. He's, he pulled a madness in that one because he took the number one guy. He's got the guy that could beat all of them. So fair enough to Eddie Um Chris, did you catch the Obataya fan? What did you think of him? I did, man. Um, very, very, very entertaining fighter. Um, it's refreshing seeing a guy that size move around the, the ring so well. Yeah. Um, it was just a, a, an ebb and flow about how he was throwing shots. I, I just like the way he throws, he throws shots very... I don't even know. I don't, I don't want to say the the term because I've got to pause, but very loose and hard. Um, pause, mega pause. 
But yeah, he's 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 intelligent. You can tell he's got amateur pedigree. You can tell he's he's calculated. Um, he wasn't he wasn't shy to get in a brawl. Um, he wasn't shy to go shot for shot. Um, I just felt overall he was, he's he just shows something that the others in in the division don't have, and that's just skill. I feel like, honestly, yeah. I know what you mean. it's the easiest way for me to put it because when I'm looking at the rest of these guys, you know, your Coley's, your your CBS, your React pause, I'm not seeing anything from them that makes me think, yeah, you've invested a lot of time into perfecting your craft. You're, you're a natural in this thing. These guys ain't got that, man. These guys ain't got that. Like, Akoli's still out there fighting like an orangutan. Billum Smith has got one of the ugliest. He's got an ugly style as well. Yes. Um, React Paul hits hard, but there's there's nothing special about him. Um, yeah, that's just how I see it, man. React Paul's weird. He beat Billum Smith like four years ago, and somehow Billum Smith has gone on to win a world title. And before him, because Billum Smith actually did the work, he won a European title, I think, as well. Billum yeah. Smith and the Commonwealth and the British. React Paul just hasn't done anything with his career. He pulled out of the perspice with Obataya, and then yeah. he came out on his Twitter saying, Oh, we've got other world title opportunities, so don't worry. Where mm-hmm. are they? There is none. So I think they were looking at Gulumirian, who's then not fighting. And then Okoli's funny because Sky wanted him to be the head of boxing. He had the fight with um he had the two fights, the one against David Light, his boxer debut, and then CBS, and they kind of realized mm, this guy's not this guy doesn't sell. And now they don't want to do the rematch, they don't want to host the rematch because they know it's not gonna pull in that many, it's gonna be a crappy fight to watch. And now Chris Billum Smith's saw next fight is meant to be in November, and it's kind of up in the air because Sky don't want to do the Oakley rematch. That's why I think Opataya is just a breath of fresh air in that division. Like you said, you just got that thing that they don't have. He seems like a hard bastard, Pauls. Like, you know, one of them guys, like, <laughs> like he, will, he won't mind getting into a fight anywhere, anytime. Like, yeah, he's one of those yeah. guys from Aussie. You know, there's, hard, there's some Aussie men that are like, they're joyful. They're very happy and friendly. This one, is, he seems like one of them hard bastards. Like, Mm-mm-mm. you don't want to see him on the street. Yeah, there's, uh, there's gangsters out there. Yeah. Saying about a guy, I won't lie, Jao Pattaya is a, he's brilliant. He is brilliant. Listen. Yeah. Um, what's his name? React for not fighting. It makes sense. And I, I fully hear it. I he understand him. I understand him. Don't fight him. He will beat the crap. Like, listen, React was British, but bro, I can't lie to you. He will punch him up. It will punch him up. His footwork, ten out of ten. His aggression. Speed, combination punching, his spite, yeah, yeah, he's him, and it makes sense that that gypsy fraud fury is gonna <laughs> to, to emulate Usyk because I saw a lot of Usyk and what he was doing, and I know the position he was fighting isn't like the greatest because we don't know what he's he's capable of, but you can just see, you can just see that this guy is him, like <laughs> the balance, the way he was just. Nah, he's, he's, he's the best cruiserweight, easily. I, I wish that he was around when Usyk was there. It would have, that would have been such a, that would have been an elite fight. The cardio, like, obviously when he fought, um, what's his name? Breedis. Breedis, yeah. 
like, and he broke his jaw. Like, you saw that he was he was outboxing breeders, he was doing stuff, but he, he was definitely worried about his, his, which is understandable. You broke your jaw in two places. He was very, he, he was very worried about getting clocked and he still pulled out the win. But even in that fight, you could see how good he was. And mm -hmm. I can't wait for him to have that rematch because I know he's just going to put on Breedis and he's just going to stop him. He's going to beat the crap out of him. I can't lie. There is no one in the cruiserweight division that can beat this guy. And what no. another thing I like about him is he's a proper cruiserweight. You can say, like, if he, he I don't think he'll be as effective if he goes to heavyweight. And I don't think yeah. he has um, ambitions to go heavyweight. He's just filled out the weight. He's not a heavyweight cosplaying as a cruiserweight because he, he knows guys there are, are, are smaller, so he can just knock them out. Like he's he's gonna he's gonna reign that division for the next five years, in my opinion. For sure. Yeah, he's only at twenty eight. It's crazy, man. You've got everything for him, and that division has been lackluster for quite some time. Mm. Now he's come in. When if he gets those unifications, he will batter everyone. He will beat up. Everyone. Like I think if they made him and Billum Smith, he batters Billum Smith and takes his belt from him. Yeah. Uh, what's his name? Ben Shalom. <laughs> he's got to decide what's gonna happen because. If those fights come along and he doesn't give them, he doesn't take those fights, he pulls his fighters out of them, then people can start looking at them funny because Jayo Pattaya came to London and showed the UK why he is who he is. Um, but you're right about his size as well. Like, I didn't think he's going to be... Um, he, yeah, he won't do well at heavyweight, but no. he's perfectly sized for cruiserweight. And the way he beat up Thompson, Thompson was 6'6". Six, six. From the get-go... Just went at him. I've, my prediction for the fight was he's going to stop Thompson, but in the later rounds, like he's going to, you know, because he's been out for a year, kind of get your groove back in the footwork, the timing, all that. The guy genuinely, when the when the, when they were doing the introductions, he looked like he missed fighting. He came out in the ring walk. He was looking at the crowd, saying, "What? What are you going to do? Like you can do something? Like he wanted to fight someone straight away, and you could just tell from the off he just went in." Threw a left down the pipe, caught him, and went. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna beat you up. And you need guys like that in boxing, like guys who don't care what's in front of them. They're not there to box; they're there to mess you up. And that's what he is. And he's gonna be fun over the next couple of years to see his uh, career and how it goes, man. I can't wait. What, what do you think? If, if it's not Breedis, who would you want? What's, what's the one cruiserweight you want to see him in with? React poor. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's fair. Yeah. And let's see how that how react post career goes because boy that guy promised us a title fight he hasn't delivered yet so we'll see what he's going what he's on um talking speaking of title fights uh this week we've got lee wood taking on josh warrington for the wa featherweight title i think there's a fight a lot of people have wanted for quite some time when both of these guys were champions but obviously warrington has had a very tumultuous nice no worries um Warrington's had a tumultuous career in the last, like, uh, one, two years, yeah, ever since getting stopped by Lara, dropping the IBF belt to get stopped by Lara, trying to chase that fight back and then headbutting, headbutting the blood out of him to get a technical <laughs> draw. Then getting his belt by, by taking on um, Kiko Martinez and then losing it again to Luis Alberto Lopez. And then also Wood had a very tumultuous year this year lost to Lara in brutal fashion, but then got it back when Lara put on a piss-poor performance in a rematch. But now this fight is on. What do you lot think about Wood versus Warrington, uh, Chris? Um, 
I actually, I actually quite like Lee Wood, man. I think, I think he's. A... I don't see. Here's my thing with Wood and Warrington. Yeah, I don't like Warrington. I've never, I've, I've never liked the way he, he fights. I feel like in the in in that division. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. I feel like them guys are on the merry-go-round where they're just beating each other up, losing, winning, and I don't know, man. Um, I feel like Lee Woods is probably going to take it. Um, but it's not really based on it being stylistic. I just think he's the better, I just think he's the better boxer. And I feel yeah. when it gets down to it, I just feel like he's going to be the one who has a slight edge. Warrington is tough, for sure, but um, I just I, I'm just gonna go with the better boxer between the two. Every time I've seen Warrington, I've never really been interested. Um, his fights are usually slugfests, and um, I don't know who, who did who did Warrington fight last. Lopez, it was Lopez. Right, right, right. Yeah, man, I've got, I've got no, I've got no, no stocks in Warrington whatsoever. I'll be, I'll be honest with you. I think, yeah. a, I, I think it's a tear up, man. It's gonna be a tear up. I can't lie. Wood banging him, man. Yeah, yeah, but exactly. Like Warrington hasn't got power, but Warrington likes to get involved. And yeah. Wood, obviously, we know he likes to get involved, but we, in, we know he's got power, but we know he can also box. And I feel like both of them, their boxing ability is relative to each other, where it's not so crazy, where one guy will just outbox the other, but then it's good enough where you can see a tear up. Like, I think it's going to be a good fight. I can't lie to you. And I mm. think it's going to stop him. See, I'm not sure because I just look at it as Warrington's lost a step, obviously, since he's, since he was a, champ, a proper champion when he beat Frampton and everything. I just don't think he's he, he will be able to close the distance as quickly. And Wood showed in his last fight against Lara. Lara's performance was piss poor, but Wood can box. He's the best boxer. But like Chris said, between their ability to box for both of them, Wood is the better technical boxer. And Wood, I think he'll do what he did against Kanju uh, in that matchroom camp where he'll just jab, keep the distance, and then walk Warrington on, onto a right hand when he comes in close, go to the body a lot to try to stop Warrington's activity. And I think mm. Warrington's declined since his best, obviously, but he's still good enough to kind of compete with Wood. And it will be a decent fight. He will compete. But, yeah, I'll just go with the guy that I think he's going to, like you said, he's going to box and he's he's right now at his best. But the thing about Wood is he's shown his chin is quite vulnerable. Even in the Conlon fight when he got dropped as hard as he did against Michael Conlon, he came back fair enough. And then, um, what's the name? Lara sparked him out with that one shot. But if Warrington was a bigger power puncher, I would have said he he probably could stop Wood. He's just not a very good power puncher. He's more volume, 
making it scrappy. And I just think that volume, that speed, he's kind of lost a step, and that's why it's easier to beat him now. But it's, like you said, I, like you, I don't like Warrington because, bro, the guy's going to headbutt the hell out of him. He, like the, the amount of headbutts he does is insane. And the fact that he got a title shot off a loss is insane. Um, like he hasn't won since, he hasn't fought since he um, lost to Lopez and that he's, get, but that's the game, isn't it? Because he sells that many tickets and they're going to do the football angle, you know, of uh, Leeds versus Nottingham Forest. They're even doing it, you know how in football you're split into the home and away end, like, you know, the Leeds fan and the Nottingham fans. They're doing that for this fight where they're splitting it for the Leeds fans and the Nottingham fans in one area for the tickets. So it's going to be interesting to see how that hooligan crowd plays out in this fight. But this feels like a I think this feels like a fight where I don't see both fighters doing anything. Whoever wins... They won't do anything to the top of the division. Yeah, you've no, got no, guys no. like no, yeah, no, you've got no, guys no. like Rubisi, Ramirez, who's absolute monster. I mean, I think double gold medalist, and he just he's just grown into that weight. He fights so well, and he hits so hard. And then you've also got Luis Alberto Lopez, who not the greatest technical boxer, but he's he's got power. He he makes it so awkward, and he's got swagger about him. That when we have that confidence. And you're fighting at your best. It's hard to beat a guy like that because he's so confident in himself and his ability. Like the way he walked down um, Michael Conlon in Belfast, in, in you know Conlon's home, and hands down just uppercut, uppercutted him and knocked him out. With, like hard to beat guys like that. And I don't think either fighter here. I think this fight for both of them is like, let's go for the bigger domestic um, bouts that are going to make us a bit of money rather than taking on the hard, tougher featherweights that are out there because they've both been beaten up. And stopped by Lara, <laughs> but so they both know it's, it's it's really tough to stay at the top of this division. Hundred percent. And I think the winner might go on to fight Joe Cordina. Mm. They were discussing that for Joe Cordina is the winner will because I think so. What will happen is they'll vacate the belt after this fight because he because Wood has a mandatory that he basically ducked. Then Raymond Ford, you know the American that Matrim have. He'll fight the mandatory Komatov for the WBA featherweight. Whoever wins, if Wood wins, he'll go up and he'll fight Cordina at 130. Which again just tells me that both... Um... Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Both guys um, want to look forward to the bigger, more bigger bouts rather than... Um, going for the legacy of trying to beat the other guys at um, featherweight. Because yeah. if Cordina is the next thing on your mind, which is moving up, obviously, then you have no kind of, that's more about, I want to make the biggest money possible in the UK, and then I'm going to bow out. And fair enough, I think Warrington's like, what, 34? And I think Wood is like 30-something. Maybe just check. Warrington is 32. Oh, sorry. 
Warrington's got miles on him, though. Yeah. And Lee, no, Lee Wood is 35, yeah. So they're both kind of at the latter stages of their career where they're trying yeah. to make the most money. So this fight does make sense. I, I'm interested to see it. But I know it's just that it's that one thing where I don't really care about it, but I know that both fighters aren't going to go on, whoever wins, aren't going to go on to unify in that division. It doesn't, it doesn't bring me much excitement, if that makes sense. It's like watching you, Ben, and Ben when that fight happens. is It's going to be interesting to watch that. We're all going to be tuned in. But we're not, we don't have that mindset of either fighter is going to go on to do something afterwards. Mm. So the same mm. thing here is, I don't see either fighter making any waves, but it's going to be a good fight, I think. Like Jide said, I think it will catch fire and then die down straight away after. Because I think, I just don't think Warrington has the capability to get back to where he used to be, you know, when he fought the guys like Frampton, etc., and to keep that high level and high pace up to disturb um, Lee Wood. But it's a, it's a good fight. The card is actually quite good as well. You've got um, Kieran Conway fighting Linus Adofia. Uh, that's going to be a good fight. You've got Hopi Price against Conor Kogil. And they're both prospects, if you've never heard of them, but they're both undefeated. And I think it's for a featherweight type, British featherweight title eliminator. That's going to be a good fight. Who else is fighting this week? I, I, I don't know. There was another fight. Oh, that's it. Zerdo and Smith Jr. is also fighting this week on a oh, separate. Okay. That's a 190 pounds catchweight. So the guys that have been beaten both by Bivol and Baterbi of last year, they're going to square off mm. each other that would be interesting to see and some golden ball um, okay it's at 190 I remember um, because uh, obviously Zerto can't make 175 anymore to save his life that guy's too fat um, and Joe Smith needs a fight like he he, he got battered by Beterbiev and he has mm. a sense what do you lot think about that fight just a quick segue onto that um I think well Jill do you want to go first What's up? Joe Smith and um Zerdo. Um I see Zerdo stopping him. Yeah, I can I can I can, I get behind that. Yeah, I think that's what I said. Yeah, Zerdo stops him. The weight favors him because Zerdo comes in at like 204 pounds. The fat crap. Yuck. And um Joe Smith's very slow. He's so slow. And technically he's not that great. He just whacks hard. So I think it just favors Zerdo to get in on him, to weigh weigh on him, get his punches off, and really damage um, Joe Smith. And Joe Smith used to have a reputation of having a chin on him, like he's only got stopped once in his career before Batabia, and that was standing up because his jaw was broken. So the ref said, "Okay, we're not doing it." Mm -hmm. I feel like since then there will be a big mentality shift. Like your your jaw, uh, your chin really got. Stop, you got stopped in two rounds. It's a big mentality shift to come back, especially a heavy puncher like Zerdo, and he's going to punch a lot, and he can punch well. So but that'll be a good fight to watch. And then I can't wait. Next week, we'll we'll discuss the biggest fight of the year next week. So I can't wait to discuss that the preview for that fight. I think you guys know what I'm talking about. <laughs> That's gonna be. I can't wait for next. Yeah. So next week, tune in, lads. Um, uh, we're going to be talking about the biggest fight of the year. I, I'm so happy. It's the best fight of the year. It's better than Spence Crawford. It's better than <laughs> Tank Garcia. It's better than everything, any any fight we've ever had. Uh, I, but no, but all oh, serious. We'll actually discuss that fight. I just want to, in terms of what it will do 
for boxing, the fight itself, and obviously Tommy Fury and whatnot. We'll also talk next week about the Fury Usyk thing that got signed. I, I don't want to go into that much detail, mainly because like I'm still one of those guys that like, yeah. let's see. Do you know what I mean? Like let's 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 wait for that fight to happen. But we'll go into we'll we'll talk about that next week, and we'll hopefully try to get Oscar on because he's the yeah, test. For sure. He finally got a little bit of redemption, so we can have him back on. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that we'll tune in that for next. Tune in for that. Um, it'll be this Sunday. Hopefully, we'll be gone. So tune yeah. in for that. Um, yeah. But please subscribe, uh, comment if you're watching on YouTube, and like the video. Uh, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, give us five stars and share the episode wherever you to any platform that you got Instagram, Twitter, wherever. Just share it to your friends if you know they're boxing. Um, fanatics like us and uh, we'll see you next week to discuss another round of fights I only trained probably two weeks or three weeks for this fight I had to bury my best friend and I dedicated this fight I wasn't going to fight, I dedicated this fight to him I was gonna rip his heart out. I'm the best ever. I'm the most brutal in Michigan, most ruthless champion there's ever been. There's no one can stop me. Lynch is a conqueror. No, I'm Alexander. He's no Alexander. I'm the best ever. There's never been anybody ruthless. I'm Sonny Lipton. I'm Jack Dempsey. There's no one like me. I'm from their floor. There's no one that can match me. My style is impetuous. My defense is impregnable. And I'm just ferocious. I want your heart. I want to eat his children. Praise be to Allah. Sports Social Podcast Network.